Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's episode features an interview with the Mortgage Bankers Association's Chief Economist and Senior Vice President of Research and Industry Technology, Mike Frattentoni. In this episode, Frattentoni discusses what factors contributed to a 6% decline in the nation's unemployment rate and its likely impact on the housing industry. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. Right now, more than ever, the housing industry has been having honest conversations about how race impacts the home buying process. To heighten the discussion, Housing Wire is launching Honest Conversations, a new mini podcast series to examine the state of minority home ownership in America. For eight weeks starting in February, please join Housing Wire Daily each Wednesday as we aim to provide listeners with a greater perspective on how race, housing, and wealth intersect and what experts are doing to close the home ownership gap. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Today, I'm joined by MBA Chief Economist and Senior Vice President of Research and Industry Technology, Mike Frattentoni. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, today we're here to discuss the nation's unemployment rate and how it is impacting the housing market. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the unemployment rate edged down to 6% in the month of March. So what factors contributed to this improvement in job growth? So March was a very strong month. I think really a turning point in this job market. We saw a 916,000 gain in total employment, and that was broadly distributed across the economy. Saw a big jump in leisure and hospitality jobs, but also in education, in manufacturing, in retail trade, in professional services, construction, really across the board. We also know that factory activity expanded in March at the most rapid rate since 1983. So we are clearly in a new stage of the recovery with much more rapid job growth, and that's really very positive for the housing market. 
That's interesting. Well, when looking at the housing market in particular, the Bureau reports the construction sector gained 110,000 jobs during March. So as the housing market has suffered from a lack of supply that is attributed to higher lumber costs and a lack of workers, will new gains in construction employment be enough to level off pent-up demand in home building? It's a good question. I think it'll definitely help. It's certainly a positive signal Builders have told us for years that they are struggling to get enough people into construction careers, really a shortage of those skilled tradesmen, carpenters, electricians, plumbers, framers, roofers, et cetera. But it really is only a part of the issue. As you mentioned, input uh, prices are sky high, including lumber and other inputs. And many builders tell us that in parts of the country, they are just having difficulty finding available lots on which to build. So the sign of increased construction employment, definitely positive. I don't think it's going to cure our inventory problems uh, just by itself, though. All right. Well, let's paint a picture of the overall job market. We're now more than one year into the COVID-19 pandemic, and data from the Bureau indicates there are 9.7 million unemployed Americans, which is 4 million higher than the rate in February 2020. Notably, the Bureau also indicates that more than 4.2 million people have actively been looking for work for more than six months, and total non-farm payroll employment sits at 5.5% below its pre-pandemic peak. So what does this data say about the financial health of the American public. So it really is a tale of two job markets for the vast majority of workers out there who have been able to work remotely through the pandemic. They've been able to save a lot because they don't have to commute. And uh, really, it's pent up demand for any number of goods and services that I think is just going to burst on the scene here over the next couple of months as the vaccine rollout continues to be successful. So you have a part of the job market that really has sort of been able to hunker down and and now is ready uh, with some additional funds on hand to go out there and start spending. But then you have the other part that really has been severely distressed over the past year and more. And you mentioned the 4.2 million people who have been actively looking for work for six months or more. And probably the overlap here between folks that are unemployed and behind on their rent or behind on their mortgage in forbearance plans. That's why the federal and state and local government response to continue to provide supports for these households that really have struggled through this time, those supports are definitely still needed. And we've supported the American Rescue Plan for its uh, additional financial support for both homeowners and renters. Do anticipate that with the job growth we saw in March continuing the next you know, six to nine months that many of those folks will be able to find jobs again, but it really is this very stark difference between people who have been able to weather this storm reasonably well and those that have truly suffered. All right. Well, as we discuss how job losses are impacting Americans financially, I want to dive deep on home buyer demand. In the week ending on April 1st, 2021, Freddie Mac claims the average U.S. mortgage rate rose one basis point to 3.18%. Do you think mortgage rates will continue to rise? And if so, can we expect current home buyer demand to continue? So we do expect rates are going to rise from here. So the combination of the improving job market inflation that's increasing and very large federal budget deficits. We think those are all factors likely to put upward pressure on rates. The Fed has committed to keeping short-term rates low and for now is continuing to buy some longer-term securities. 
but we wouldn't be surprised if later this year they begin to allow those QE purchases to, to taper. We do think they're going to keep short-term rates low all the way till 2023. But even with somewhat higher mortgage rates, we think the improvement in the job market and just very favorable demographic tailwinds are going to keep purchase demand strong. Worried about affordability in some markets, worried about the pace at which home prices are increasing, but hopefully some additional construction, new home supply, and perhaps even some increased existing home supply could help to decelerate that home price growth just a bit. Interesting. Well, a lot of great insight here today, Mike. But lastly, before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to add today or anything else our listeners should know? Well, we continue to track the forbearance numbers on a weekly basis. And good news again this week for the fifth straight week, forbearance numbers have declined. We're down to about 4.9%. So it's definitely trending in the right direction. Obviously, the extension of those forbearance terms up to 18 months for Fannie, Freddie, and Ginnie Mae borrowers, again, providing those relief for those households who've had the toughest time through this crisis. Mike, we thank you so much. We appreciate your time today, and thank you for joining us on Housing Wire Daily. Thank you very much. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.